Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Sean's Wildlife Podcast. I'm here today with another podcaster, Ryan Dalton from Into the Wild. If you haven't checked out his podcast, do. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for coming along. No worries. Thank you for bringing me here. This is a lovely environment. (laughs) It is. So we are at a uh, secret location um, because we've come to find uh, one of my favourite reptiles, adders. Um, So we're at a secret location in London. Uh, one of the best sites in London, apparently, for I wish it was top secret. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Like, imagine could, if no one knew about this. <laughs> we could call it top secret. <laughs> I mean, I think some... I mean, for the listeners, there is no one else here, really. No. There's but, a lovely line of geese flying overhead, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's quite unusual, though. There's often people here. So it's uh, early April. It's a good time to see the adders before all this vegetation comes up. Um, have you seen adders before? I've this year was my first wild adder and I cannot tell you how buzzing I was. Yeah, it's brilliant it was, them first. It was a real it? I don't want to get too crass or cheesy, but it was a real wholesome, exciting moment for a nature lover. Yeah. To see yeah. It. Well I grew up in I was like a reptile and amphibian nerd growing up in Ireland where we don't have many reptiles or amphibians. So no. when I moved over here I was like, Oh my god, there's adders on my doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. It is it but even I was like that. You know, if it's something you've never seen, I, I think I'd be very similar if we just saw a badger in front of us now as well. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those animals I've never seen in the UK. Yeah, no, it's alive great. Alive and well. You see them just... all the time in books and you're like, oh my yeah. God, look at that. It's like meeting a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not ideal, ideal conditions for adders. I think the best times to come are kind of early mornings mm. when it's going to be a sunny day. Yeah. And the sun is kind of peeking through. It's really overcast now. It's but there's some blue looks, sky behind us. Look. It might creep in. I think it might creep in. The cloud's moving. But it can be a good thing as well if it's kind of a bit cool because they'll come out to bask and they'll be quite sluggish. Mm. On a really hot day, yeah. you don't have a chance of seeing them because they just, just slither off straight away. But the top tips that I've found is just hugging the kind of like margins. So you see where the brambles and stuff mm. and long grass is here. Um, they'll be sitting like in like a little opening in the grass. So the main thing to do is just kind of like creep along that kind of marginal line of vegetation slowly. And these would be hibernation spots as well, the mounds? Yeah, yeah. So um, there's, I think I think the estimate is there's like at least kind of 300, 400 adders at this site. Um, and I'm not sure where exactly they hibernate. There could be one or two locations, but this area here tends to be quite good in spring. So I would imagine possibly within those brambles, there's probably yeah. a couple of hibernation sites. And you see these antills as well. They're brilliant for um, seeing them sitting up and basking in the sun oh, on nice. a sunny day. Because they take the heat from the ground as well as the, the sun, the radiant heat. The other thing with adders is that it doesn't matter even if you're looking for them. You could, I mean, we could have walked past two already. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're so super small. camouflaged. The camouflage is insane. Yeah, and they don't mind the other thing that people say like, oh, you know, don't be noisy or whatever they don't actually mind um noise but it's the vibrations yeah it's a treading lightly isn't it yeah yeah 
Um, but we're going to talk, the reason we met off, we were talking online about pets and wildlife, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, the mix. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. So talk, let's go talk about... toxic a, cocktail mix. <laughs> yes, let's go talk about a controversial topic while looking for yeah. adders. And <laughs> 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 we get sorted. Um, but yeah, you were, you were going to bring your dog along, right? There was a chance I might have had to. She's very good on lead, I've got to say that. Yeah. I mean, the other good thing about my dog is... You know, a lot of people don't like to use a tennis ball or anything like that too much. Yeah. But the good thing with Riley um, is that she's trained very well from a previous owner with fetch. And if she has a ball, she'll also just walk alongside you with a ball. Okay. So quite often we've taken her to areas, uh, new areas, kept her on lead for a bit to make sure we get to know it. Yeah. And then once we're in a field, a bit like where we are now, less heathland but more field, um, we can let her off and just give her a ball. And she'll, she won't go anywhere, really. What breed is she? She's a German Shepherd mix. She's a um, Czech Republic rescue. And she's okay. just... She's probably and biased, but one of the most intelligent dogs yeah. I think I've ever known. She's yeah. so smart. Very good. Um, so, yeah, not ideal to have a dog on an Adirond, but I think keeping them on lead. Um, I was here last week and I saw a few. But um, this area we're in is a conservation area, so they... Yeah ask that people keep their dogs on leads um, and I used to work at a practice near here and I treated several dogs with adder bites. Did you actually? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. That's and one it, of the things, it's not even just for nature's benefit, is it? No, it's for your dog's it's benefit. For dog's <laughs> benefit. <laughs> Literally, it's there for a reason. So you've got, got like dogs coming in with a massive swollen face like three oh times, god. four times the size of their normal is it, can it be fatal for dogs? It can, but it's very rare. Dogs are quite um, resistant to it. Yeah. So it's really rare that it would be fatal in dogs, but it does still need to be treated because especially um, our dogs often get bitten around the face and mm. neck. And if all that swelling happens, obviously there can be kind of breathing issues and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've treated a few here. I've treated a few down in Kent as well. Um, and it's easy to treat, like, I mean, all the dogs recovered fine after yeah. a few hours, steroid injections and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's for your dog's benefit. Like. It's just still not a moment you want your dog to go through, even if it's all right. It's still a very high-stress moment. Yeah, totally. could have later impacts on behaviour and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and dogs are, you know, they're rooting around in vegetation, having a sniff, and if an adder is cold, especially, and doesn't get away in time, its only defence is to bite. Yeah. But people are, like, terrified of them they're our only venomous reptile people think like snakes are bad in general but when they hear one's venomous they're <laughs> freaking yeah, out it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. there's been a, there's been a few incidents of like persecution here where people have um, killed adders really found in this with their, area with their heads chopped off yeah which is mad isn't I it? find that mad I know I find it mad that people know well I can even catch them yeah, I think they just like hunt them out with a, I don't know, spade or something and... Yeah, That's it's some effort to go to, I in know. an area like this. Yeah. If too many people come as well, this time of year, you know, um, a lot of people come to try and take photographs of them. And I've seen people as well with like snake hooks and actually handling them and getting them out and trying to like put them in a perfect pose for a picture and stuff. It's like, leave them alone, they're breeding. Adder influences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently collectors as well. Like, no way. Yeah, apparently some like reptile enthusiasts come and collect them each year and uh, try and keep them and stuff. That's an and oxymoron, isn't it, I find. I like know. reptile enthusiasts, but too, too far the other end. Taking them out the wild, yeah. 
Um, and the other thing with this site is there's quite a few melanistic ones, black adders. Oh, nice. Yeah, I haven't seen them in a couple of years, but um, there's generally a few knocking around, which is kind of cool. But yeah, whether we see one today now, fingers crossed the sun <laughs> I'm comes really out. hoping, I'm really hoping that yeah. sun just suddenly comes out. Especially with this morning, it might really tempt them to come out. Yeah, I think, yeah, if we get a little gap in the clouds and the sun comes out, that's when they'll come out to bask. But like places like that, see with that bare earth? Yeah. Or sitting up there. So the real sun. The sun. real sun traps and where the ground is going to be quite warm as well. Or even up on, sometimes you get them up on some dead vegetation. They'll come up onto that mm. to try and, especially gorse, the bottom of gorse bushes. If there's a lot of dead material, they'll sit up on the gorse. What I like about adders, and what I said a minute ago, the camouflage is that I like to think that I have subconsciously seen one. Yes. <laughs> so even though we haven't actually seen one, I'm like, I like to think, well, they're there. Yeah, yeah, you've walked past one. Yeah, one I've definitely gone past it. Yeah, one's seen me, and you know, that's enough of an experience. That's, that's like really a, me trying to see the highlight. The highlight of their day, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that guy Ryan from Into the Wild. Yeah, there he is, though. <laughs> uh, glad to see he's out and about and having a good day. Yeah. There's loads of birds singing. I said, loads of birds around. Yeah, chiff chaffs galore the last week or two. Um, I'm not great at the bird world. I'm trying no. to get into it. Oh, I've to. seen you've got a few um, yeah. people trying to chuck birds at you and convert you, Constantly, right? Constantly, Sean. <laughs> Absolute constant. Jack Badham's being one, right? Jack Badham's, Lappers, Lucy Lapwing, yeah. Indy Green, which is great. They've I all been on the podcast, actually. Yeah, we yeah. did the getting Ryan into birding. And it's because <laughs> I, growing up with nature and yeah. walking around, my head was always down. Right. I was always looking down. I was always insects. Yeah. You know, I was very into reptiles. I didn't really get to see them or experience them much. But yeah. Insects, plants, gardening, amphibians. I wasn't mainly looking. The little things. Like, the little things. I really enjoyed getting close and under logs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I was the same. Um, and I didn't really get that with birds. And also, I think with birds as well, you need the kit a lot of the time. Yeah. You don't yeah. always. You do. You can do it without. You can do it in your garden if you've got the space and stuff. But yeah. You know, if you, you can't always get close to them, so you need binoculars or you need. Oh, I just didn't have that those resources growing up I didn't have the finances and that yeah and that stuff so it was you know I think that's why maybe it pushed me a little bit further away you don't, you don't need a set of binoculars to lift the log no you just need a can-do attitude yeah. <laughs> and to be that weird kid and to be that weird kid <laughs> Ryan's under the log again I know it well my mum's saying like she remembers when I was two or three or something and she's like fucking hell he's a strong child yeah and I was like, <laughs> I pulling over boulders else. I can't do anything I can play football <laughs> rugby I was useless at can't do weightlifting but if that log needs lifted yeah, I'll yeah, find yeah. a way there could be a devil's coach or a beetle underneath yeah who sometimes I tweeted this the other day you ever find a log a really mossy log and you're like that's going to be that's going to be a good one good, that's prime yeah. real estate you lift it up nothing nothing under There's it yeah nothing. I know and you're like what's going on bugs maybe it's never been lifted before so it's not a gap yeah bugs aren't buying no like, that would be a perfect spot in there yeah so gorse um, is where I found them the other day they were just like under it on a sunny bank so also south facing oh, okay. it's really good when the sun's out like so they're not going to be on that edge behind us they're going to be on this edge because it's getting maximum sun up there isn't it it's like yeah. right behind yeah. us so that's the other thing and also like casting your shadow think about like when you're walking along Ooh. trying to get the sun in front of you so walk yeah. along into the sun rather that's than walking um, with your shadow ahead um, and it's all like a kind of balance of temperature as well. So if it's like a really cool day, you might be walking along an edge like this and you find one here. 
Whereas if it's a really warm day, you need to be looking maybe, you know, two, three metres ahead of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you say, because of the sluggish. Yeah, it's just a balance because if they're like really alert and really warm. I'm looking in here thinking there has to be one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't stop looking in the same spots. Going, I know. There must be one there. Why would there not be? Yeah. A bit like the log thing again. You're looking going, that's prime real estate. I know, I know. Um, here, planes overhead. We're... I forget we're so close to a, an airport. Yeah. So see that gap in there, that would be good. If the sun see the sun come through. If the sun was shining in, yeah, yeah. You could see one sitting there. So there's a chiff chaff doing what chiff chaffs do, do you? <laughs> was that a chiff well you're gonna have to this is what I mean, my ears don't pick it up, Sean. Do they not? Tell me. Okay, listen. The chiff chaff is like the Ron seal of the bird world. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Chiff chaff, chiff chaff, chiff chaff. Lucy's told me that and I've forgotten yeah. it. Okay. And it's she's a... going to be annoyed that you're now going to be the person that's made that stick in my brain. Okay. Do Chiff chaff. Okay, that chif, makes chaf, sense. Chiff chaff, yeah. See, why can't all birds just do that? I know, I know. There was a greenfinch here the other day as well. And the greenfinch says its name. It just says, green, green. <laughs> over and over Very again. Very arrogant birds. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I just wish no, more so were... That little patch of dead there. grass even, you'd get them sitting up on that. Yeah, because they're so light, aren't they? They are, they're yeah. really not very... And they're smaller than lo most people think. Yeah. Were you surprised by the size of the one you I saw? I was incredibly surprised. Like, it, it was gorgeous. It looked, I, I couldn't stop staring at it. I sat and watched it for about half an hour. It was like yeah. it stayed around. Um, but yeah, it's, it was so small and it was so delicate. Like you said, like, I saw it again the next day. I assume the same one because it's yeah. in the same area. Yeah. And just saw it, like, on top of the foliage, really, on the bracken. Mm. And I was like, do you realize, I hadn't really looked, read up much about them for a yeah. while. And then reading, they only get to that 100 grams. Yeah, they're pretty small. They're so small. But really chunky. That's what I like yeah. about them. Yeah. And when they're basking as well, they kind of flatten themselves they out. They really like, so, classic yeah. flat adder. Yeah. Okay. Over here is where, we'll just do this section, but over there is where I found two last week. But yeah, I think another hour or so hopefully the sun will come out um so we met up to talk about dogs and wildlife and yeah. maybe talk about cats and wildlife as well but it's becoming a bit of a, a hot topic in the conservation world this spring more so than others isn't it definitely more this spring i think that's because of the increase of dogs yeah. last year i actually and looked new at dog owners right you, yes well yeah first time dog owners yeah which i don't think this is one thing i always will and do say is that it's, I don't think you can always blame or fault the dog owners because this information is not always out there. No. So I don't think you can actually, and I think we forget sometimes that not everyone is nature considerate. No. Like, and that's not Or even knows that wildlife's around. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we need it more uh, regular in media from yeah. a, a kind of informative view yeah. from a reliable informative view so I think we need it more I think the more we have that kind of stuff and even podcasts like this talking about it and putting it out there is good because yeah. it just it heightens that awareness yeah because you work with dogs right I run a dog daycare in North London yeah which yeah. I have done for six years and we actually we class it as an eco dog daycare because we operate on foot we don't have a van we're okay. not going to have a van um, all our poo bags which actually the, every jacket has a poo bag I've just of realized, course I've got one you, need, you need a stash it's at all a times right fully plant based compostable poo bag yeah so we use fully compostable poo bags which 
will disappear in two weeks. Right. Actually, fully. Um, even if you down. hang them on a bush. <laughs> God, don't even get. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, so they will completely disappear. Um, but the, the other thing is, we've been questioned on that before, going, well, most places just burn it anyway. And I was like, well, that's true, but at least the bags they're burning are not plastic and releasing yeah. toxins into the air. So. Just go up here, I saw them last week. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we do, when we do our scatter feeds or when we treat the dogs, it's always uh, veggies. So apples, right. carrots, celery, yeah. bits of broccoli, um, and stuff like that. Or just kind of like veggie biscuity treats. Yeah. Um, and we're just very environmentally friend, like friendly and thinking. So we, the wet wipes we use on the dogs if they like to roll and stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, are compostable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been running that for six years and um, and help. working with owners and we're very spoken work one on one with them. Yeah. But have you noticed you've like more clients with like kind of first time dog owners and that yeah. this year? Notice more, not necessarily taking them on as customers. Okay. But certainly notice them within the area that I am in North London. Yeah. Um, d- definitely more. And, and I guess the benefit of my business, and not to be too biased, is that I am glad that people do contact us as first time dog owners. Yeah. Because, you know, we're not experts. I don't think, you know, it takes a long time to become experts because all dogs are different. But. We are we do we can give a good start and yeah. help and guide people and pretty much tell people to just relax. <laughs> <laughs> You're transferring it's your anxiety. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be challenging. Um, but you've got people around you yeah, yeah. that can help you. Um, but there's definitely a lot more first time. I mean, I remember looking up the dog population. It must have been a couple of years ago for something mm. about eight point one in the UK million yeah, dogs. Yeah. It's now at 10.2. I know, it's crazy. And that's only in a couple of years. Yeah. So it's, in the last year, I mean, I've said it before, like lockdown dog or lockdown puppy should not have been a phrase. Like I it know. should not have been something that Pandemic was Pandemic puppies. Yeah, it should not. It, it, as soon as you start naming it, gives mm. people a reason to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, we're just going to get a pandemic puppy. It's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I know, I know. And now is the time where lockdown's lifting. Yeah. We might see more problems. Yeah, and but, a lot more returned, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah lack of socialization yeah. and, and separation anxiety and all that definitely separation anxiety but yeah i think the reason that like dogs and wildlife in particular has become more of a topic this spring is that now we're seeing that wave of like mm. young crazy out of control in yeah. some cases dogs um just tearing around off mm. lead um disturbing wildlife like i've seen it locally we've a site with skylarks yeah in ealing and um they mowed all the meadow it's at warren farm um, so you couldn't really see where the paths were, but people were taking their dogs in there and the dogs are just tearing across Everything. the whole thing and it's like there's four or five breeding pairs of Skylarks on there. It's like, of course they're going to be disturbed by... So it does adapt very quickly. Yeah. But, you know, not in the case of, you know, having, you know, if I look at the park or the green space near me, Hampstead Heath, having you know, maybe a few thousand visitors a day usually has gone up to having tens of thousands. I was going to say 10 times the amount, or 20 yeah. times so the it's amount. Been in, and that was yeah. overnight. That yeah. wasn't just like over no, a yeah, space yeah. of a month, that was overnight. So yeah. every day has been a bank holiday for Hampstead Heath in yeah. the last year. So I think added pressure with that, um, people are concerned of now added or yeah. domesticated animals. The, the thing I think with dogs is people forget that just their presence can have a huge impact. It doesn't even matter if they're running around. No, no. Just the presence, and the same with cats in an environment, will put off animals because it's a large potential predator, even if it's yeah. not predated. Yeah. So, but it's instinctive, right? For birds, ground nesting yeah. birds especially, see 
a dog, there's no difference to seeing a fox. They're like, no. oh shit, there's a predator right there exactly. looking at me. And the easiest way to recognise that is that some people are nervous of dogs. Yeah. yeah so yeah. if people are nervous of them, people that are consciously aware that they're domesticated pet, mm. then animals are going to be terrified of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, except some urban foxes who seem to be very inquisitive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. that's true. But most, most animals, I'd say 99%, are going to be very wary and anxious around yeah, yeah. Um, large large canines or domestic cats. So. Yeah. And the other thing I think that people don't realise, like I did a, a video which I was a bit nervous about posting on my local mm. neighbourhood Facebook groups, but it actually got a good reception, was dogs in ponds, because we had like yeah. frogs spawning in this pond behind one of the primary schools and it was just turned into mud soup because dogs are just like running in and out of it yeah. all the time. And, and it never sets. People don't realise, oh actually there's wildlife like relying on that little tiny patch of mm. habitat to, to breed and to reproduce yeah. and survive. And my dogs are turning it up. Like It's very, like we'll stand there and criticise HS2 rightly in my opinion um, yeah. for chopping down a tree and saying like that tree supports X amount of yeah, wildlife yeah. and stuff. But then we let dogs splash around a pond and no one says a word. I know, I um, know. But even though that pond, like you said, supports an abundance and has done for yeah, a long yeah. time of wildlife. Well, and they're clinging out. on, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, you know, ponds dry out, but then also animals use it for a certain reason. Some yeah. animals might lay eggs in that area. Yeah, yeah. Um, toads might use it a bit more than, because it dries out a bit more. Yeah, so, yeah. and it's, <laughs> you really, I think ponds is a big one for me because amphibians, need that support wetlands mm. uh, and especially fresh water in this country is, is very damaged so we need to give them that head start um and dogs don't need to swim yeah i know sorry but that, this is why i think this is the <laughs> thing that pisses me off so many people think dogs need to do what they're letting them do and it's, yeah they don't i know the dogs can like with a dog on lead like i said with riley my dog yeah if i'm confident she'll stay around me i'll let her off yeah if there's squirrels around Hampstead Heath's a bit different because all the conservation areas like this are fenced off and yeah. away. So I can be sure that I know where she's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I go somewhere new, I've been to Epping Forest, we're more cautious because I don't yeah. know the area as well. And also from a dog theft point of view, I don't want to run it off and get nabbed from someone. Yeah, it's so, another issue now. Yeah, so I, I want to be careful for that. But if I need to keep her on lead and if I'm going somewhere, so I went to Rutland Water last year. Oh, yeah. When we managed to travel a bit. Did you um, see ospreys? I didn't. Didn't really see much. We were in the heat wave. So okay. I think a lot of things were tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was beautiful. It's a lovely area to go to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is nature reserve. So Riley can go off lead. Now, I don't want to keep her on a short lead the whole time because she's going to get anxious. Yeah, yeah. So we just took a 15-foot long line. Yeah. And I tied it around my waist. So she's on lead. And she has a bit of freedom. But she has a bit of freedom to sniff around. And yeah. it's better than a flexi lead, in my opinion. It's less... It's, it's consistent with the stretch that she I has. I hate those. They're, they're too leads. inconsistent. <laughs> so one minute the dog has to be by side, then it can go, then it has to be back, then yeah. it has to go. Or it's like razor wire, you get caught in it. Yeah, cheese wire running around. <laughs> Amputate your leg. <laughs> Whereas a nice, like, you know, one inch thick long line, you can tie it around, you connect it to a belt, and they have a consistent 15 foot diameter yeah, around yeah. you. Um, and she was fine. Yeah. She was absolutely fine. And then also we played fetch with her. We did scatter feed. So she could mentally be enriched on the yeah, walk. They don't yeah. need... And if you're walking a five-mile walk, that's enough for a dog. Exactly, yeah. That's yeah. enough. Well, there's a lot of, um, dare I say, entitlement or like, you know, my dog's the most important thing. Like I did, we did get a few comments on that thread where people were like, oh, it's really annoying that, you know, the rangers fenced in th those ponds because my dog used to love going in there. And I said, um, they were like, 
you know, they should have at least let one of those three ponds uh, for dogs. And I was like, one of those three ponds had water bowls in it 10 years ago, and now they don't. I don't. So it's like your dog, again, your dog doesn't need to go in a pond on its no. walk. The dog, <laughs> dog needs food, water, and love and stability. That's and like running needs. around in a field is just as fun. Like, yeah, you know, maybe. your dog wants to be, or should want to be around you. You yeah. should be the best thing on the dog's walk. How do you, um, how do you think we, like, people should tackle it or like, how do you get through that message to dog owners that, do you know what, you need to be more considerate with your dog out and about and its impact on the environment around you? I think there needs to be an evolutionary change in dog husbandry. Um, I think we need to start recognising... Oh, Ryan, hang on. I'm going to stop you there. The green finch has started. Listen. That's a magpie. Yeah. Green! Do you hear that? So the chiff-chaff is going. Chiff-chaff, chiff-chaff. There. Oh, there's like the... Do you hear it? No, I can't hear okay. it. I mean, I might be able to. There. Oh, that, the yeah, really tiny, like, like, the high It's pitch. kind of a, whee, it's a wheezy sound. It's like yeah. a whee. There, that. yeah, yeah. So that's the green finch. So that's the green finch going, green. That's how I remember it. It's like a I've wheezy. I've learned two bird calls on this one. A wheezy wall. kind of sound. This yeah. is more than any of the bird Good. <laughs> I'm Don't put that back. Right, rivaling Lucy Lapwick now. <laughs> Although we, have, we haven't done part two yet, which is meant to be similar to this, where we, on Zoom, we're out and about. So let's... So there you go, Chiff Chaff and Green Finch. There you go. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. So back to dogs <laughs> and right. evolution of dog yeah, husbandry. So I, I think there needs to be an evolutionary change in dog husbandry, because I think for a long time it has been that, you know, dogs can just go. Dogs can mm. run. And that is possible in some areas. Yeah. But with the amount of dogs we have and the amount of pressure that wildlife is under, we now, and also let's just say the safety of dogs and the safety of people as well, because yeah. not everyone is comfortable around dogs. Yeah. I think we now need to start recognising going, I need to be considerate of the area I'm in. Just like, you're not going to throw a crisp packet on the floor. No. You're not going to let your dog or you're run not gonna like, and go and potentially shit in the woods and you not know about it. You're going to obey the rules of the road like exactly. if you drive a car, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you've, got, you've got to read signs, consider them and take it on board. Um, I am a big advocate for dogs don't need to be off lead. Mm. Yeah, it's great if they can be. If yeah. you've got an old dog that just trotters on behind you, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they don't need to. Like... Yeah, Riley would prefer to be off lead. Yeah. But if she needs to be on a long line, she will still get a great walk. She, yeah. you, I think people need to teach their dog to love them so much mm. that they enjoy whatever you're doing. Yeah. And that way your dog is not stressed, yeah, is content, yeah. is happy, and will have a happy life. And that's what it's about, right? Having yeah. a pet is about giving a dog, or giving an animal a low stress, enjoyable life. Yeah. Um, so manage that. And I, I just, I, I think... This whole, oh, but it's natural for them to run around. No, it's not. It's really not. There's nothing. And this is a rhyme phrase, and I think I said it to you before. <laughs> yeah. record. There's nothing natural about a dog. No, not anymore. Man-made. They're man-made. Man right? They're yeah. completely made to be around us. So mm. they should be around us. Yeah, yeah. And they should. So we've not seen be. some really like awful stories this year, yeah. like in was it Bushy Park or Richmond Park, where the deer had to be put yeah. down because the dog attacked it. We had a few weeks ago the Barnes seal. The seal in... Um, um, in Barnes that was, yeah. like, everyone was enamoured with. And it had come from the Netherlands, this seal. And had been rescued out of Teddington Lock and then, like, savaged by a dog off lead and had to be put to sleep. And yeah. I think people don't realise that 
although dogs are a man-made invention and, and whatever, domestic species, there's still animal instinct yeah. in them, you know. There's still a predatory drive in, in a lot of breeds. And, and you don't want to give it that natural instinct. No. It could be dangerous no. for you or your family as well. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to give it too much. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've obviously dealt my entire career is like dealing with dog owners and educating dog owners and things. And I think just sometimes, this is a controversial statement. We'll wait till the plane goes, maybe. <laughs> People take it really personally if yeah. you say something about their dog, right? Yeah. Or their what, what you know, how they treat their dog or what they're doing. So it's a, it's a difficult message to get across. Of like, really you should be a better dog owner. It's, it's the quite... parent complex. Maybe we need to be talking to teachers about this. Yeah. How do teachers do it? How do you tell someone their kids a little shit? <laughs> We're yeah, we away should. From it. If we can, if we can crack that parent-teacher meeting. <laughs> Because it's, I mean, okay, let's look at how I do it with the dog daycare. Yeah. I do it, if we have a problem with a dog, which is common, um, and we have problems with Riley on the group walks, um, we inform them in a, <laughs> and this is a very one-on-one -on -one basis, but we just go, just a heads up. So it's very relaxed, yeah, this yeah, happened yeah. today. And it's feeding back everything, I think. We feed back the good, we feed back the problems, we feed back the bad. So our customers know that what we're saying is what happened. We're not yeah, smoke yeah. and mirroring or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a reliable daycare. So I think what we need to kind of take that and talk to blanket dog owners and go, this is the good thing with dogs on walks, that they can create this kind of enjoyable exercise routine for you. They yeah. can do, you can really get a lot out of um, mental health, walking with a dog because you can play with a dog. You could say if this was not a conservation area you could sit with your dog here and have a lovely little play and you can have a picnic and the dog could just enjoy being out yeah it can really help uh the problems with dogs is that they can disturb a lot of other things so if we start talking in this manner i think where we get it wrong is that we go look what that dog's doing yeah yeah look what's happening the here. finger waggy the finger wagging and chastising would, kind of tone yeah i, I mean okay not to <laughs> i'm gonna have to say it and you're gonna mock me now i'm vegan I don't wag my finger. I know, but people always do when you bring it up. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't wag my finger at people going, you need to stop eating meat, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know it just doesn't work. Doesn't and work. it's the same with this kind of thing. If you're telling someone they've done something bad, they're going to defend it yeah. naturally. Yeah, yeah. So I think we need to start as um, naturalists, as conservationists, ecologists, behaviorists, whatever we are, we need to start saying, this is the bigger picture and yeah, this is what yeah. we need to be doing well yeah i mean i was surprised with the response to that post i just was like at this pond watching frogs taking photos of frogs spawning and i was like yeah. i'm just going to do a little video yeah and i just said you know i'm a vet and a dog lover but i'm also a nature lover yeah oh it's I mean, coming through be. the bushes that might have been a massive adder what was that <laughs> that is that is two oh it's three a load of dogs or five but they're now technically outside the conservation area. So oh, that's are they? All right. Yeah, but the adders don't <laughs> stay. Say, the adders that, don't stay inside. I was really trying to push that rule. This, this under here is where I saw two last week. Oh, really? Just under so here? the sun was beaming in here, and I literally just sat here for half an hour. And just watched And there was them. one there, and there was one there. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, the sun did come out for like a microsecond it did, there. Didn't it? I'm really hoping that cloud cover it will, goes. It will come out. Um, um, but yeah, I was surprised at the response because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get slated for this, and people are going to just be like, I am allowed to walk my dog wherever, or my dog really likes ponds or whatever. But most people, mm. their response was, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't realise that, that, exactly. that my dog would disturb that. I didn't and know. And thanks so much for the advice. I'll take that on board. Mm. And I think it was because I was like majorly aware, like, don't be judgmental. Don't chastise. Just say, 
I'm a dog lover and a nature lover, and I'd really love these little isolated pockets of habitat yeah. were protected and like dog owners just realized the damage that can be done by their, their, yeah. their one dog jumping in it once a day. Exactly. But then there's 30 other dogs that do the same well, It's same the same day. with everything, isn't it? Like the one thing happening, <clears throat> like, oh, but my dog's only little. It's like, yeah, okay, but now let's remember how many dogs exist and how many dog yeah, sizes. Yeah, yeah. Is. One plastic cup on the floor is not a huge deal. Yeah. 20,000, it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's, it is that kind of same mentality. And I, I think, like you said, going in with just the informing and saying like, because that's the other phrase I don't like that a lot of conservation issues, if I try and like look at the other side, it's going, dogs and wildlife don't work. It's like, mm. well, you've just gone blanket the other way and I disagree with you. They do work because I see it work. Yeah. I see it work. It works with And it's not realistic. It's not, People can't. have dogs. People so have let's dogs. find a solution. Wildlife exists. We <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. go, right, good point, let's kill all the dogs. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> let's ban dog ownership. Yeah, good idea, Derek. Um, <laughs> Derek is not, that's not pushed at anyone in particular. That no, was a no, random name, yeah. I must say that. Legal disclaimer. Legal disclaimer. For legal yeah. reasons, Derek <laughs> is a fictitious character. <laughs> People created in this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think... There has to be some understanding. I think there needs to be more ownership as well on land managers as well to, like you said, inform with, I know signs can be shit because people don't read them, but without them, you can't, no one knows. I sat by um, a pond in my hometown, I said, you where the frog spawn was, and dogs are coming in and out, but then you look around and there's nothing there to say say anything. Yeah, loads of people ask for signs. Exactly, and people... People aren't naturally minded all the time. No. I could I could talk to I reckon a good seventy five percent of my customers yeah. and say, How often do you consider nature when on a walk with your dog? And I would confidently say that seventy five percent ish would say I don't. Yeah, yeah. Well I was just thinking like, you know, that dog walker there, if we asked her yeah. Do you notice know venomous adders here that could bite your dog in the face and end up yeah. in hospital? No. You no. know, most people just don't know what's around, do they? Ex- so. Exactly, and I think yeah. I think these two sides need to come together. I think that's one of the biggest things, and that's oh, that's what always it comes down to, isn't it? Collaborations and yeah. talking to the people that are impacted by decision making, whether you know from ecologists and dog walkers, and making sure we say how could you do this? Because to be honest, Sean, when I'm walking my group of dogs, like we walk five each max, yeah. we we walk together. Nine times out of ten, four or five of them are on lead anyway. Yeah, because yeah. they're being idiots. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Or we're we rotating without, them. Yeah, yeah. We're rotating them, so that one can have yeah. half an hour off now. So we're doing it anyway. Yeah, and yeah. I think owners, a lot of owners do it because their dog gets too hyper around an area. But yeah, yeah, I think, I think they need to But we need to get more. away from that them and us mentality. Conservationists versus dog owners. Like, that's not helpful. Yeah, and like you said, using that phrase more going, I, you know, I'm a dog lover. Because who... <laughs> Who, Who doesn't, isn't a dog lover? Derek doesn't like dogs. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is that if you don't like dogs, just just remember they've been genetically modified for you to love them. So if yeah, you don't yeah. love them, you're very fussy. Yeah, like, absolutely. You're very peculiar with your time. Or maybe you're a cat owner. Maybe well, we're... we haven't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, cat owners are fine. Yeah, we should talk about cats, though, because you mentioned yeah. a good thing about, you know, dog, kind of the culture of dog ownership and dog yeah. husbandry needs to change. But cat ownership, like... Oh, God, that's way overdue. But you see it now in the States, especially, where um, there is a big movement to be uh, keeping cats indoors and taking more responsibility for their movements. And um, it's born out of, like, cat safety Mm. um, and disease and getting in fights and getting in road traffic accidents and things. But also a more vocal kind of uh, majority kind of 
pitching in now from the nature community saying cats are devastating to wildlife. Cats yeah. are a non-native invasive species and they shouldn't be let loose to roam and, and decimate wildlife yeah. populations. And, you know, you can't reasonably argue with that. No. But it's so ingrained in how people keep cats that, oh, but I have to let her roam. <laughs> It's her right to roam. It's natural for her. To, it's not, it's not know, natural that, for her to be inside. Can I swear on this podcast? Absolutely. I love it's, saying it's that fuck. It's fucking word of natural. Let's like, walk because I don't yeah. think we're going to see any adders here. Um, it's that word of natural that I cannot stand because it's so misused. I know. So wrongly used. Like we said, yes, they have natural instincts, but they're not natural. Yeah. Um, I feel a rant coming on now. Oh, God, you're, yeah, it's <laughs> triggering me. Because I just find it so infuriating that someone will say it's so natural, but then not highlight the point of how unnatural it is for their cat or dog to be in an area. I know. So that's what I think it's the ignorance on that on that um, use of that word that I don't like. Because, uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's like... It's the same with the word sustainability. It's, you know, it's used one way, but actually what is It means 27 it, things. Yeah, it yeah. means several different things. So I think we, <clears throat> I think it comes down to, with dogs and cats, but especially cats as well, is understanding, like I said, I think this evolutionary change with the husbandry side is understanding your animal's needs yeah. and understanding what that animal's behaviours are. And with dogs, I guess it can be more complex because of the breeds and the, and the jobs that dogs once had. So you yes. know, if you look at a dog like a Dalmatian, you need to know that the running is a very important part of its needs and stuff. It's makeup. It's, it's makeup, makeup and genetic yeah. makeup. Yeah, and the same as like German pointers. You know, they they enjoy like kind of retrieving aspects yeah. of behaviour. So you know, you can um, kind of consider those things. But with cats, they're lazy shits. <laughs> they sleep what nineteen <clears throat> hours a day. Yeah, they're going to be more active when they're younger, and some, you know, if they're not new to the spade, they might be more active certain times. And, yeah. But again, that's taken into consideration your animal's needs. But you can manage this so easily. Like, I I don't think if I had a cat... I had a cat growing up. She went in the garden. She never went anywhere else. She wouldn't... She never really wanted to. Yeah. Um, and we let her out for about an hour or two a day, and she wouldn't do anything. Oh, I think if I had a cat now, I don't think I'd want to let her outside. Yeah. For two reasons. One, wildlife. B, I live in London. I know more cats because they go missing than I do that they live in the area. I know, I know. Yeah, you see the posters up I see all the, posters. the time, I know right? more cat names that are missing yeah. than I do cats <laughs> that exist around the area. Yeah. And I just don't think I'd do it. And I just, I, I think there's so much you can do. You, you, you've got these owners... And I don't mean to say these owners and like they're the problem, but I think owners of cats need to remember that it, it's more work than just letting it roam outside. Yeah. Like, give your do- give your cat platforms in the house. Give your cat sensory enrichment. Yeah. You know, feed your cat a natural diet. Feed it a raw diet. So it can kind of, you know... <laughs> it, you know, a diet can really impact, as you might know, yeah. your, the behaviour of your animal. Yeah. Especially from a cat. Um, so, you know, maybe look at a raw food diet and see if, if your cat is very active. It might kind of lower some predation <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean yeah you say to, if you say to people and i've you know i write a veterinary advice column and a few times you know or quite a lot you get cat behavior issues and people keeping you know five or six cats and mm. they're all stressed and whatever and it's like cats are fairly solitary creatures like yeah. even this culture of having a multi-cat household is often quite stressful for certain cats but um other things like i've you know suggested have you heard of a catio? 
where you know you I make have a. Have Casio. you not heard of a Casio? No. Casio is a big craze now in America, I suppose, uh, and kind of coming over here where you pen in an area of your garden and have it as that's your. Oh ca- yeah, no, I have. Okay, I have seen that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're calling it a Casio, but uh, like you know, your cat can still have all the mental enrichment of sights and sounds and smells and watching the birds and being outside. Yes, it's not full freedom, but actually you can provide all your cat's behavioural needs if yeah. you're imaginative about it and if you put some resource into it and thinking into it yeah. by giving them you know, the complex environment they need in an indoor or enclosed yeah. area. Yeah. And I know some cat owners will be like shouting, listening to this podcast, going, my cats wouldn't be happy in a catio. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, what if they're decimating the local house sparrow I know, population? At the same time, I don't care. Like, I'm so, I don't, we've got to look at now priority thinking. This is yeah. the other thing. Like, yes, we we've decimated to, biodiversity. Yeah, and, and cats are part of the problem. Cats and rats are two of the most global, like you know, the most highest populated global pests. That's um, and the reason check why this edge here. Yeah, go and on. The reason why loads of animals, especially birds, as you say, and, and amphibians as well. Uh, and, rep- um, and mammals, sorry, yeah. are, are struggling because, you know, like I said, with the same with dogs, just the presence of a cat. I mean, even if I look at my garden, yeah, and. Yeah, so your garden. So I've got, you know, I've set my garden up, I put a lot of work into it, and there's so many cats in the area that I see the cats come in, and it's gone to the point now, Sean, I'm just letting Riley out of the garden. Are you? Like, go on, just go yeah. off. Because I don't want the cats, because they do, they dig up all my plants. They, yeah shit in my wild area that I've created gross um, that is gross that is gross isn't it yeah because then I have to deal with it yeah I have Just to pick it up and put it in the bin see I notice over here a little uh, bunny nest got dug up so that's all the females fur oh my God. and bedding and I'd say a fox probably dug out the, the bunnies yeah as, as the circle of life. Yeah, doggy dog world. Out there. <laughs> um, and so I think it's that as well. Like I could, I would never say to my neighbours next door, they're lovely people, but they cat. I could go knock door, knock on the door, and be like, "Sorry, come and dig up all my plants." Or that's, come round and pick up your cat's shit. Yeah, and that's the thing I don't think cat owners realise is you're thinking of your cat wandering, and if it, you know, if it's pissing me off, it's pissing off a lot more as well. Yeah. But it's out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's the best way to manage your animal because, you know, dogs are right, they do a lot of damage, but also they're on lead more. You know, yeah. walk your cat on lead. I know loads of people that do that. Yeah. They yeah, take yeah. a dog, for, uh, take their cat for a wander around the street on a yeah. lead. It takes a bit of training. But that's work, a but... massive, like, shift in people's, shift. you know, in how we keep cats, right? And, you and see... also a massive shift for cats as well. It is, it is. And, like, you know, I'm not one to judge, but sometimes, you know, I've seen people out and about with their cat on a lead or a harness, and I'm kind of like, mm. <laughs> it does look weird. <laughs> number one, it looks a bit weird, but number two, like, it's not that safe as yeah. well, because, you know, I, I've had clients come in with their cat on a harness or a lead, and I've you know, had to insist, like, you need to bring your cat in here in a box, in a carrier, Yeah. and they get all offended, well, you don't say that for dogs, and I'm like, but like dogs are going to savage your cat (laughs) if it's not in a box Uh, it's for your cat's safety in a veterinary environment like that it's in a carrier not on your shoulder because I've seen it or I've heard of it actually I haven't seen it myself but I've heard of colleagues who have had a cat like spook at a dog in a vet clinic 
run out the, out the door and get hit by a car on the road outside. That's happened to a colleague of mine. So it's like, we're saying it for your, your cat's safety. Your safety. But like that massive shift, like again, cat owners, you know, maybe won't like to hear some of the unpopular opinions we're talking about. But if you have a pet, you are responsible for it. You can't really just be yeah. like, I think that's what it comes out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I, I totally, I, I think for both dog and cats, that's what it comes that's what it comes down to it's unfortunately you have an animal that you are responsible for and that animal whether you like it or not is having an impact on the environment if you allow it just to free roam so yeah. you need to uh, restrict certain access you have to and you can say my animal doesn't do this you can say that but i'm sorry you're, wrong. you're yeah. just wrong with it and it's, it's it's not up for a debate it's no. up for you know land managers are saying that these are the rules you go there and follow them in the same way that you you know we we seem to accept the rules on beaches yeah beaches is a problem it's somewhere that usually in most places heavy tourist areas that aren't a problem but yeah it's i I find it bizarre that there's this whole yeah we didn't talk about dog poo we didn't we just saw one i just saw that's what triggered yeah i know because um i've got no patience for that and i'm happy to use the strongest of all words to call people that do that and I've never seen anyone do it no and I'm, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm just you know like you always find a glove on a, on a fence yes yeah I'm starting to think that these things are just placed when the fence is built like they just put the glove on there and I'm starting to think it's the same with dog poo in trees because I never see anyone do it I only ever see a tree with it hanging is it like when someone it's just so pointless makes a park do they just hang that on and go right now the park's complete I don't understand it is weird and it's just so pointless isn't it it's like it's, I, I Leave the poo on the ground. I'd love to chat to someone that's done it or does it and just go, the Why? fuck are you thinking? <laughs> I know. Like, I, I, you, it's never any I'm gonna, other litter. I'm going to preserve my dog's shit yeah. forever in a tree. The only person I know that did do it, actually tell a lie, is when I lived in Dorking. Yeah. We used to live, I used to live right on Box Hill and they used to go for a walk and their dog always pooed at the very beginning. Right. And they used to pick it up, bag it, hang it in the tree, go for the walk, come back, and then collect it to put it in the bin. Okay. So that's the reason why they did it. So there's it. some uh, So some they logic. said, because they didn't want to leave it on the floor, because if they'll forget, they might forget as they walk past the bit again. Yeah. So if they hang it in the tree, they're going to see it. They'll and they did. They genuinely the did back. collect it and then put it, because there was no bins on the walk and they didn't want to carry it around. Yeah. Which I kind of get that. I mean, if people are doing that, then I guess that's better. Yes. But I can safely say that there's a lot of people not doing that. And also, it might be a get out clause, right? If they get caught, yeah, they're like, yeah. oh no, I'm, coming, I'm back. coming back for it. It's fine. Yeah. So that, that might be a reason, but yeah. it's just, it's so bizarre. I've never understood it and I never will. I mean, what are the things, like, you were talking about beaches there. I was talking to a friend of mine and she was out walking with her friends on the coast and she was saying how the dog had a whale of time running down the beach and um, scaring off all the seagulls and birds and I was like you realize that it's winter and a lot of those birds are waiting birds and they are you know have migrated thousands of miles and they need to feed and every time a dog flushes them you know you're weakening the flock and possibly lots of those birds eventually die that winter if they're you know underfed yeah. And she was like, no, I really didn't realise that. No. So what are the like really obvious things to us that um, people don't realise, do you think, about like what their, the impact of their dog or cat can do? I think the big one is the predation thing. Yeah. I do think that is, I, I don't think people realise that just the existence of their animal in an area can 
have an impact even if it's not doing anything I you know in the same way I know Riley will chase after squirrels I've seen her nearly get one and I know she I know she wouldn't do anything yeah she wouldn't know what to do and I know that because I've got pet mice at home and if I get them out and show them to her she whines and then really? she goes and walks away yeah so I know she hasn't really got that kind of um, instinct in her she's got the chase she hasn't got the kill I don't think okay but I am aware that her running around the forest chasing squirrels is also probably disturbing other wildlife other as wildlife. well yeah but I think there needs to be more consideration of that um, I think there's a there's been a big call for this in the last year as well for nature and conservation news within the media mm. and it needs to be a lot more realistic it needs to be a lot more science communication yes the yeah. skill needs to be higher on that communication it needs to be a lot more reliable it needs to be honest and it needs to be uh, more regular yeah i think if we had that i think people's awareness of what their animal could be doing yeah. would be fixed and I think that's the one thing that's going to push the attitude change to pet ownership and husbandry but I, I think that's a bloody big ask as well it is it's going to take you a long time isn't it as what well? do you reckon what, what do you say um, I think the the kind of resistance from cat owners that cat hunting is natural yeah. and it's like this attitude change is needed that your cat is not a part of the ecosystem wherever you live um you know we're only talking about like uk stuff here but you know cats in australia are like literally okay. causing extinctions of endemic mammals and, and things that yeah. don't exist anywhere else it's like, like a museum yeah kakapo yeah all the, the flightless birds so endangered is because of cats yeah um so i see it often you know i saw someone i know posting on instagram his cat like stalking house sparrows at the bird feeder and leaping up and he's like oh almost got it and i was like oh man and he's like it's just a sparrow sean and i said you know how sparrows are in decli- massive decline like they're not a common bird anymore because we've pushed them out with modernizing our buildings and taking out old hedges and decking and paving and pesticides and herbicides and it's like this attitude of oh but it's my cat's right to hunt <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's only a bird. Like. This is where I laugh at people, though. When people use that kind of line going, it's natural, or it's my dog, it's or part cat's of right, nature. I know. just go, <laughs> no, it's not. What the fuck are you talking about, you idiot? Yeah. Like, that's where I get to the point where I'm like, okay, this person is using trigger lines because they don't actually know, no. which is fine, but I'd rather have a conversation with them where the yeah. person is open to learn and I'm open to learn. I don't know if you heard about this stat, which kind of like, oh, okay, it's been thrown back. Like, I'm on a few wildlife forums and you see people talking about it and the cat issue is banned on some because it always results in fights and things. But when you see um, people defending cats and cats' behaviours and things saying, well, the RSPB said that cats have no impact on songbird populations, which the RSPB have come out and said that actually... The, the biggest factors in songbird declines are obviously like habitat changes and intensive agriculture and all the rest and habitat loss. Um, but they've said that cat predation does, has, doesn't seem to have a detrimental effect on songbird populations. But that's on a national, national scale. scale. Now it's not on a local environment. scale. Yes, exactly. exactly. It's like your cat will wipe out a colony of house sparrows or a colony of slowworms or a colony of yeah. whatever. Like, take your pick. Um, 
stag beetles. Yes. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Well, there's everything. Like you said, it's just because they're not doing badly as a national scale doesn't mean that... Due to cash, due doesn't to mean that... local areas are not doing great and... Your moggy isn't out there. And then the other thing, people say, well, my cat doesn't hunt. How do you know? How do you know? Well, you've given it a survey book every time it goes out. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's that, and that's the same with dogs. Like, that is the same, like, going, like, well, my dog, you know, I see when my dog shits. I go, not if it's off lead the whole time, you don't. No. Good shit anywhere. <laughs> We're not having much luck with adders, right? We're not. Although the sun does keep... The sun is... Hitting. Look at the blue sky now. I think, give it another half an hour, we might. Right, but yeah. um, This is a lovely little bit of heat. Let's, yeah, this is, like, proper heat. Then. So let's go through um, the gorse a little bit, because I did see one here last week as well. Are there, oh. are there sand lizards or not sand lizards? Are there common lizards? There are common lizards here as well. Yeah. Um, this is a very common lizard habitat. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more kind of again. Like you'd heat be confused if you didn't see one. Heather and gorse. Um, I'm trying to think which way I went in last week. I think it was that way. Just obviously watch your step going through the heather. Um, some people have been bitten when it's like cool like this, and an adder doesn't. Uh, get out of the way but very very low risk I think but yeah we're, we're kind of bitching and moaning quite a lot about donors aren't we <laughs> yeah sorry to the listeners but yeah it is I think it is that topic though I think like we said people need to come together and talk about it a lot just more just going to look on this edge look this is yeah, looks quite good and the sun is just starting to come out um another good tip is Especially if it's a warm day and you know you don't have that much distance um, before they slither off. Binoculars and oh just scanning God, yes. the line. Binoculars say, like, with the reason I spotted mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you can't. I mean, I've, I've only got a little camera lens. I'm still new to photography, so yeah. I can't even, like, look through the camera. Yeah. Um, so but binoculars, binoculars are great awesome. for, yeah. You can get some really nice pocket sized ones. And... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we should recognise the brilliance of pets and. Yeah. That we say the collaborations needed and stuff, and we and we bitch a lot, but I do think it is a, a very frustrating topic because <laughs> it always is when it's two groups of people, isn't it? Yeah, it's always going to be um, a very frustrating topic. But I, I, pets are incredible, cats and dogs, and I absolutely adore cats, love them, and I and, and the same with dogs. I, I, you know, I mean, my job is looking after the little shits. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I absolutely love them. Um, I just, I, I think for me the big takeaway is just the attitude change of husbandry for these animals. Yeah. Of just understanding there has to be some, there has to be a few changes. Yeah. And they're not difficult changes. They're no. really not. Like you, like I said, you know, take a toy or a ball on a walk with your dog. Yeah. Keep it around you in a field. Keep it on lead in the woods and in heathland like this. Let's go down there. Whose responsibility is it to, to kind of generate that attitude change or culture shift or um like... i think there has to be some from the pet industry yeah so if we're looking at big companies that produce dog enrichment dog toys yeah um organizations like this way Organisations like the Dog Trust, yeah. or Dogs Matter. Um, I'm not too clued up on the ones for cats because I haven't owned a cat since I was a child, so I'm not too sure about the big cat yeah, yeah. charities or organisations. Or cats protection and all yeah, that. Yeah, so I, but I think there's a big call for these um, organisations to start 
getting the attitude shift as well. I think vets. But yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I do think vets, um, especially in the time of the change. And you'll know this firsthand with you know the power of social media. Yeah. With some vets as well saying, actually, this is what your dog can have. Yes. You yeah. can do this, um, or your cat can have, and it is still no different to what you are currently giving your animal. Yeah. Um, you know, we always, like I said at the beginning, we always talk about dog happiness or the happiness, low stress levels, and you know, long lines or catios can give your catios, yeah. dog or cat the same thing. Yeah. And and have no or very little impact on the environment. Yeah. Um, and I think also we need to look at, you know, a um, natural science communication is happening in regards to the actual problems to make sure it is um, friendly, open, honest, and we're allowing conversations to happen. Yeah. We're allowing them. We're not saying, no, my ears are closed. I'm telling you what to do. Yeah. It's going, talk to me about your animal. And we're not calling pet owners the bad guys and not having this, no. like... exactly. Because they're not. No one is. No. They're just, it's know, awareness, isn't it's it? It's just awareness and people aren't thinking about nature in the same way that people aren't thinking about it when they, you know, litter in parks and the same way that people aren't thinking about it when they take 17 flights a year. Yeah. And stuff like that. You you can be angry at them all day long or you can talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there needs to be more push for that as well. Cool. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there and uh, maybe on the way back, now the sun is coming out, we might see Nadger. I hope so. We, as soon as we stop recording, Absolutely. We're going to see one. Like the sun is coming out now, so, you know, we'll we'll hop back on, listeners, and if, if start recording happens, again if yeah. we actually find I mean, find we could have just lied and said we'd see more right now. We could have been like, oh my God, Sean, look at this. No, we're honest broadcasters, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to lie. There's people that tweet they've seen a bird and I've never seen a photo. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm almost like, yeah, photo sure, or didn't happen. Saw a dragon today. Yeah. <laughs> Right, well, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for your insight. It's really good to talk to someone like, like-minded, like but also, again, straddles that divide yeah. between like being a dog lover, being a nature lover, um, being okay with cats. Um, you know? <laughs> I love cats. I love them. I think you know, it's just the, the attitude of yeah. the husbandry I don't like. Yeah, yeah. I nearly well, said owners it, but I don't mean that. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up there. And yeah, thank let's, you so much. Let's go proper adder hunting let's on go the way back. Hunting, yeah. We better get one now. I hope so. Okay, so update. As we were walking back <laughs> to the car park, we met some adder experts, including Eleanor, who is a bird expert too. And uh, they've brought us to where they've seen adders today. And we just walked into this little area, of course. And We were uh, told that on our right, there might be a melanistic adder. adder. Yeah. And... What did you say, Sean? I said, oh, look, oh, no, that's a burnt stick. And then what did I say, Sean? It's moving. <laughs> it's an adder. So we just saw our first adder, and it's a rare, a rare melanistic We've got one. We've got adder. a live adder. Oh, yeah, look. There you go. Did you see it? There you go, moving through. Another the or the back. same melanistic adder. It's beautiful, isn't it? Amazing. I mean, credit or fairness to Sean, it doesn't look a burnt stick. It does, when it's not moving. You know, I can't be too harsh on it. And there was only a section of it visible, so it looked <laughs> like a short burnt stick, to I be was, fair. I was yeah. told at one point to look for dog poo. Yeah. They do when they're curled up, yeah. They kind of do, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Okay, so I finally, yeah, we, we got we you an adder. We found an adder. I mean, and the first I one for me, it, in regards to melanistic, I've never seen... Yeah, that's quite rare. So they look go. like burnt sticks. They do. <laughs> too much like burnt sticks. Hooray, Hooray, we got there in the end. <laughs> okay, this is getting to be a joke now, Ryan. <laughs> we uh, we were about to leave. 
and the sun came out and uh, we've bumped into an adder expert and what, how many have we seen? Five? Five and now we're about to now go we're to, about see, to see a huge maybe one. Maybe seventh, yeah. yeah. Eighth if it's really big. We've Adders everywhere. <laughs> cool, so we finally um, we succeeded in our mission. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Sean's Wildlife Podcast with Ryan Dalton from Into the Wild Podcast. If you don't subscribe to Into the Wild Podcast, highly recommend you do. Ryan has been very hard at work, much harder than me, uh, producing and releasing a weekly wildlife and nature podcast since lockdown began. Uh, it's won awards and everything. So go and check that out. And he's has a really, really exciting mission coming up. He's also going to be uh, releasing an episode with myself and another guest talking more about wildlife and our pets' impact on wildlife and natural habitats. So do look out for that one too.